Welcome back, everybody, to the I'm Open Podcast. We are so excited to have you today, and we have so many incredible topics to cover. We're going to be talking about the biggest wipeout of the Olympics this winter. We're going to be talking about whether the NCAA has the power to erase the past, and we're going to be talking about the weirdest basketball game of all time. Did we just experience that? All of this and so much more coming up next on the I'm Open Podcast. First of all, we're hitting on a story that brings us not only to L.A., but also all the way to Lithuania. That's to check in with the infamous Ball family and their head honcho, Mr. LeVar Ball. Now, the news this time is that LeVar has said he is going to have his oldest son, Lonzo, leave the Los Angeles Lakers if they do not agree to sign his younger brothers, LaMelo and LiAngelo, on to the team. Now, this is crazy. This is really crazy. This is his real quote to a reporter in Lithuania about his son's future in the NBA. So, LeVar said, I want all my three boys to play for the Lakers, but if that does not happen, I'm telling you the story what's going to happen first. If they don't take Jello this year, I bring back Jello here to Lithuania to play with Melo for two no- more years. I want every NBA team to know that Lonzo is not going to resign with the Lakers, but will go to any team that will take all three of my boys. Wow, so that's crazy. Literally, he's sabotaging his oldest son, who's an extremely talented basketball player. And we know that LeVar is a talented hype man himself. And he has not just hyped his son to NBA stardom. He's helped a little bit, but Lonzo has got some skills of his own. But now his father is literally sabotaging his son's potential career by saying he'll take him off the team if they don't let his little brothers play on the team. I think the Lakers will just say, no thanks. No thanks. We don't need your brothers on the team. We really don't need your little brothers on the team. Like, this isn't high school. This isn't rec league. This is the NBA. This is professional. This is a job. And you can't have parents strong-arming, forcing coaches, forcing management to let people's brothers on the team. Now, a lot of people working in the NBA, working in high-level basketball scouting, they don't really think Jello has much of a chance to play in the NBA. But Jello has always been first in our hearts for the I'm Open podcast. And LeVar, actually, he has said, even though Jello's not as good as his older and younger brother at basketball, he is the most handsome of his sons, which, if you look at the other two brothers, isn't saying that much, but it's still something. So if he knows, though, if LeVar really knows, like he seems to, that his middle son Jello isn't that great at basketball, he's good. I'm not saying he's probably better than me but might not be good enough to be a real NBA star, isn't he sort of sabotaging Lonzo's career by saying he'll take him off the team if he doesn't let Jello, his little brother, off on the team? Isn't he sabotaging his brother's career? This is just a little bit more from the quote from LeVar Ball, talking about how he wants all of his sons to play together. He says, Lonzo plays best when he's with his brother. 
they don't play the same position. You see how successful he was when he was with his brother. Okay, time out, LeVar. That was in high school. High school. You can't just assume the same success that two these brothers had when they played together whooping on dudes in high school, scoring 180 points in a game, is going to be the same when they go to the NBA. They're playing against other professional basketball players. That's nice, and that's sweet that you want your sons to be together, but it seems like this is not really realistic, and if they do play together, I have a good idea that it probably won't be for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, they might actually have a better pl chance playing together if Lonzo's willing to join his two younger brothers in Lithuania. That actually might be their best shot of playing together with all three of the ball boys. We'll see if LeVar can make it happen like he spoke his son being drafted by the Lakers into existence. We'll see if he can speak it into existence for his two younger sons as well. <laughs> Ball has some kind of unconventional ideas about basketball roster construction. And that brings us to some other unconventional ideas about construction going on lately. And that's at the Rock Cobbler, which is a bike race, a cross-country bike race in Bakersfield, California. Now, many of y'all probably haven't even heard of the Rock Cobbler before, and honestly, neither had I before last week. But they're doing something super cool with this bike race that I hope might be able to spread to other sports and to, s to really grow as a movement in the sports world. Now, this is a bike race where people have to bike, obviously, through a variety of terrains. Now, the exciting thing about this year's Rock Cobbler, uh, Rock Cobbler event was that part of the bike race actually took the riders through the living room of fans of the race that's right you heard me right folks you literally have to ride your bike through the front yard then it through the front door through the living room of a house out the back door out the backyard and back onto the road now this is crazy thank god one of the riders was wearing a gopro during the race so you can all check it out and see that I'm not lying to you just check out the I'm open Facebook page and you'll see the video of the rider riding th his bike through this family's living room and even he can't believe it he starts cracking up during the footage now the riders said that they didn't even know about this they, they, this was a total surprise you just start off on the race and they had no idea they said there was some unexpected features of the race I don't think they thought it was gonna be this unexpected in terms of actually driving through somebody's house. And this, I know it's a bit odd, I know it sounds a little bit dangerous, because you got little kids trying to high-five these bike riders who are going super fast. Cyclists, I'm sorry, bike riders, people are probably very offended. These little kids are standing in the living room trying to high-five these cyclists as they drive through their home, and it got me thinking, this is a way to really 
build excitement in sports and can we keep doing this can we keep doing this in other places like this is fun can, next time can we have a bike race can they go through the outback steakhouse can they maybe go through the middle of a public restroom like this is where it could really be exciting this is what i want to watch this is almost like bringing mario kart to life or something and i gotta i i don't really watch a lot of bike races ever since lance armstrong broke my heart i gotta be honest but this sounds like the type of thing i would want like maybe if the bike race like goes like on a boat and then like back onto land or something that would be cool that would be really cool and boats the boats on water they have to like take a lap around the boat while it's on water and then get back off the boat onto land i feel like there's so many opportunities maybe like through a crowded shopping mall i think that would be incredible you have to dodge through people up the escalator down the escalator through a metro station onto the train and you have to get to the next stop bike off like there are so many possibilities that this is opening up for the sport what about like through a high school prom kids dancing you have to swerve in and out dodge past the punch bowl dodge past the cheetos bowl and get out and keep biking i think there are so many opportunities for this and i'm really excited to see where it can go these people are are really creating new openings for sports maybe even like we can create a sort of combo sport have people biking through a bowling alley so there's like bowling competition going on while the bikers are almost playing frogger dodging past the bowling balls trying to bike their way through the bowling alley during bowling i think this is just really really making me excited i don't know if you guys can tell and i'm just just my mind is overflowing with all these potential ideas of ways we can keep making sports more exciting by bringing it into context that we maybe haven't seen it before i'm really happy they did this don't forget to check out the video on our Facebook page, you really won't believe it when you see the view that these bikers had as they flew right through the middle of this family's home. That's pretty awesome. So these bikers at the Rock Cobbler event that we just mentioned really put themselves in harm's way, doing a crazy course that they didn't even see coming. But luckily, hopefully, none of them hurt themselves and none of them wiped out. Now, unfortunately, we can't say the same thing for everybody participating in this year's Winter Olympics in Korea. Now, there's a lot of dangerous events and a lot of daredevils participating in the Olympics. You've got people s jumping as far as they can on skis. You've got people losing face first down crazy slides. You've got people bobsledding, sitting on top of each other in tiny little metal balls riding down, you know, <laughs> crazy tracks. All these really, really dangerous sports. Ice skating pairs whereas people have seen in blades of glory you just miss one little inch you might slice somebody up with your ice skate hockey where you're allowed to punch each other in the face during the game obviously so many dangerous sports 
And I really admire the courage of a lot of these Olympians to take these on seemingly without fear. And it's really, really incredible. One Olympian who had a really tough wipeout was a woman representing the Olympic Athlete Team Federation of Russia. Now, this actually wasn't called Team Russia because Russia had a pretty big doping scandal with their Olympic athletes. And the suspicion many of us have had based on seeing their Olympic athletes has now been confirmed that they were all on steroids. So this Olympics, the Olympic Committee created a special qualification process for Russian Olympians where each one had to individually apply and qualify for the Olympics on their own outside of Team Russia and show that they were clean and they weren't using steroids. So this is why instead of calling it Team Russia, it was called Olympic Athletes from Russia. So it's different. So anyway, one of their athletes who I guess was not on steroids was able to come to the Olympics. Her name is Anastasia Brizgalova. And she is a curler, which is the sport where you roll stones or slide stones across the ice and you try to get them to land inside the target. Very high intensity sport, a lot of anxiety building up, a lot of strategy. But you normally don't think of this as a sport where people hurt themselves. Well, unfortunately, Miss Brisgalova went down and she went down hard during the bronze medal mixed which means one man one woman get to be on the same team mixed curling event she went down hard i think this might be the first wipeout in the history of olympic curling and it is a must see it really is check out the i'm open facebook page and you'll see a video of Anastasia going down hard on the ice. Now, I just can't believe it. Of course, we are not celebrating anybody's pain, but luckily it looked like she just, you know, she, she got a little bump and I think she's gonna be okay. But boy, oh boy, was that unique. Curling is a sport where I don't think there's really been a lot of wipeouts. And I'm pretty sure I'll have to ask my Olympic curling expert, but I'm pretty sure that's the first wipeout we've ever had in Olympic curling. Luckily, they still made it to the bronze medal round, so they don't have anything to be embarrassed about. But they did make history in the process. Now, somebody else we've discussed in the past who is known for taking risks and is known for living life on the edge is somebody known on this great program as Slick Rick Patino. Now, Slick Rick hasn't made an appearance on the I'm Open podcast for a little while. We've been giving him time to rest. But now, the NCAA has brought him back into the forefront, brought him back into the spotlight, because the NCAA has just announced that they will 
remove the championship won by Louisville men's basketball in 2013, and that championship no longer counts. Now, this is kind of confusing. This is kind of confusing, right? It's like, and even Slick Rick is confused. He says, how do you take down a championship? They've earned it. And that's right. It's like, they they did it. They played. They won the championship. So, you can't tell people that it didn't happen. You can't pretend like it, the championship never happened. I gotta say, on this one, I might kind of be on Slick Rick's side. I understand, based on some of the scandals that were going on around Louisville, and that's right, I said some of them, because there are several scandals going on in the Louisville Athletic Department, and especially the basketball program. Due to those, the championship that team won in 2013, according to the NCAA, is no longer valid. Is no longer valid. But a lot of the players are coming out. Rick Pitino is coming out, and they're saying, what, are you trying to tell us this never happened? We played the games, we were there, we remember it, and we won the games. So I guess they're saying that they didn't deserve it. But at the same time, you can't pretend like this never happened. The N- NCAA can't pretend like they can literally erase people's memory and erase history. Rick actually had a little bit more to say pertaining to the allegations and pertaining to the scandal that actually got these guys in trouble. He said, did a few of the guys partake in parties that they didn't organize? Yes, they did. But that had nothing to do with an extra benefit. That had nothing to do with helping their eligibility or performance in winning a championship. Those parties did not enhance our players' ability to win a national championship or go to a Final Four. If you think about it, Slick Rick actually has a pretty good point. Now, I know universities aren't really allowed to set up illicit parties where underage drinking is involved and prostitution may or may not be involved. Yeah, that's not cool. But it definitely didn't help them play better basketball. I kind of agree on that. It might have encouraged them to come to Louisville, but it seems like more of a distraction. It's not like steroids where it like, helps you be stronger or helps you be faster. This seems like this would be a distraction and it might even take some of your energy away so I understand that the NCAA needs to put some sort of penalty on Louisville for doing all this weird shit and doing all this stuff that really should not have any place in NCAA but at the same time as the most outstanding player in that final four tournament run Luke Hancock of the Louisville Cardinals said we won those games it's not like that never happened and he's absolutely right so I think the NCAA needs to think of a different penalty because you can't pretend like you can just uh, like erase people's memories, honestly. And the NCAA also has to look itself in the mirror because at this point we know that Slick Rick Pitino, he was just the tip of the iceberg. At this point, the FBI has announced that they have done a probe to the NCAA basketball system, and they have found dozens of schools involved, dozens of high-level recruits involved, including some of the most famous basketball programs in the world, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan State. These are the blue blood programs. These are the biggest basketball programs in the country, and all of these guys are implicated. 
So Slick Rick seems like he was just the tip of the iceberg, and I know the NCAA likes canceling all these championships left, left and right, but that doesn't really do anything because the championships still happened. The guys still have their rings. Okay, so just because you take down a banner that they have in their arena doesn't mean that the University of Michigan team, who lost to this Louisville team, is suddenly going to think that they won the game, because I'm pretty sure they remember that they lost the game. So the NCAA really has to look itself in the mirror and think, how have we created this culture where this is so widespread and where all of the most successful teams seem to be skirting the rules in these same ways? So... I understand each institution has to have control over its athletic program, but I think overall the NCAA really has to have a long, hard look in the mirror and probably be torn down, to be honest, and rebuilt with more transparency because they have allowed this whole culture to permeate throughout the country. And that is why this is going on. All of the top schools are doing this, and they all seem to think it's been okay. So Slick Rick... You're not getting off the chain. You're not getting off the hook here. But at least you can know that you were just the tip of the iceberg. You were just the first fall guy. And you were just a little warning of everything that was about to come. Of the storm that was about to hit NCAA basketball. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, that storm is coming. Now, Rick Pitino's in a fighting mood right now. And somebody else who's really in a fighting mood is Ric Flair. Now, Rick was a WWE superstar and one of the most famous legends ever to fake wrestle. But he's still got his name in the news. And this honestly called to my attention. I know WWE is not a real sport. I know it's acting. And I know it's entertainment. But this is just one of the weirdest headlines I've ever seen. So we just had to talk about it on the show. Rick to Rick. We're going from one Rick to another. Rick Flair has said to Ronda Rousey, fight my daughter. That is the headline. Rick Flair wants Ronda Rousey to fight his daughter. This really just drew my eyes and drew my attention as soon as I saw it. I feel like this is probably the first headline ever that includes the quote, fight my daughter. Like, I just can't. I, I can't, like, it's just, I understand where he's coming from. I understand it's a unique situation, and his daughter is now trying to follow in his footsteps and be a WWE wrestler, and as we talked about with Ronda Rousey previously, she is trying to jump over from being a UFC fighter to being a WWE fake fighter, and she's making that transition right now. But I think this is probably the first time in history, and trust me, there have been hundreds of years of print media, thousands and thousands and probably millions of headlines across the world, and I would bet, I would bet, and I would love to have somebody prove me wrong and let me know, but I would bet that this is probably the first time that there's been a headline with the quote, fight my daughter, fight my daughter. Now, I hope I never have to say that, and I hope all of you guys never have to say that either. But Ric Flair, you have done something extremely difficult, and you have come up with a headline nobody else ever has. 
in the history of print journalism. Now, before we go, we've got to do something that we always do every single episode of the I'm Open podcast, and that is to honor our Mascoff Performer of the Week. Of course, this segment is inspired by and dedicated to the man who Young Metro trusts more than anybody else. That is Future. Our Mascoff Performer of the week is Fergie. Yeah, that's right. Now, some of you, and by some of you, I mean her mother, might know her as Stacy Ann Ferguson, but most people know her as Fergie. She first grew to fame through the Black Eyed Peas. Then she sort of wasn't doing much, and now she just forced herself back onto the scene with a crazy performance at the NBA All-Star Game. Now, this, in my opinion, was the weirdest basketball game ever seen and ever recorded. And this is why. Fergie upstaged so many other wild moments that we could be talking about, we could be gossiping about, we could be memeing about, and we could be writing think pieces about. But the thing is, Fergie just blew all these other dudes out of the water. And it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Just think about it. The bare naked ladies performed at the NBA All-Star Game. Okay, and that's not even the weirdest thing. I bet when they announced that the bare naked ladies were performing, 75% of the people at the All-Star Game were super confused and disappointed when it turned out to be four scruffy Canadian dudes. They probably had no idea what the hell was going on and thought it was false advertisement. Now, the Bare Naked Ladies came out for a rendition of O Canada, and they sang it in a beautiful four-part harmony. And that wasn't even the weirdest thing about this game, okay? That wasn't the weirdest thing. So we also had Jamie Foxx, who for some reason was dressed as a cowboy, who came out rapping about basketball, just looking crazy. And that wasn't even the weirdest thing about this basketball game. We also had Queen Latifah doing a duet with one of the dudes from Workaholics. And for some reason, they were dressed up as pilots in full body suits. Now we're talking one of the most iconic figures in hip-hop with somebody who's most well-known for popularizing the phrase tight butthole. Okay, this is a real disrespect to Queen Latifah. I couldn't even believe it. And that wasn't even the weirdest thing that was going on this evening. That's right, folks, because during this whole thing, Kevin Hart and Rob Riggle performed a three-part musical about Kevin Hart wanting to be in the NBA in which, for some reason, Rob Riggle was his coach. It was like some sort of a weird combination of... High School Musical and Hamilton, but all the jokes were just about Kevin Hart being short. It was 20 minutes of just force-fed 
propaganda, basically, and it just didn't make any sense. None of the jokes were funny, and I just wish, after he's established himself as a comedian for so many years, Kevin Hart could think of something else to joke about other than his height. I mean, come on, man. We know you're short, and it's not that creative, and why is Rob Riggle here? I just don't get it. It was like Rob Riggle was supposed to be Kevin Hart's peewee coach. I mean, we know Kevin Hart is peewee, but he's not. He's a grown man. It's weird. It's weird. We didn't need to see that. But even that was not the weirdest part of the night because then Kevin Hart stayed on stage after this whole ridiculous musical that went on that he subjected us to. And then he started introducing the players, but he couldn't just do a normal introduction. No, of course, Kevin Hart had to do a roast introduction of the players. So each player came out, he would give a little joke. The only problem was, this is just about the most half-hearted roast I have ever heard. Most of the jokes were super dumb. A lot of them weren't even specific to the players, and if they were, none of them even cut deep at all. A lot of them, it was like Kevin Hart knew he was going to be hanging out with the players after, and he didn't really want to disappoint them too much, or get squashed. Other than one introduction, which was for Andre Drummond, the center for the Detroit Pistons, He's already a grown man who wears braces, so he might have a few insecurities, but Kevin Hart chose to pick on Andre for his shoulder hair, okay? Kevin, first of all, why don't you pick on somebody your own size, okay? Andre, he it was in his first All-Star game. He's a young guy, only about 23 years old, and yeah, he does have a lot of shoulder hair, but I commiserate with him on this, because so do I. I also have shoulder hair. I'm, not, I'm proud of it, so Andre, I think you should grow your shoulder hair back to prove Kevin Hart wrong, but Kevin, he really did wax his shoulder hair, though, so just be a bigger man. You don't have to call out just the one guy, the first-time All-Star, who was in the game as a replacement for John Wall because he was injured, so he didn't even get voted into the All-Star game. He's wearing braces. He's probably feeling a little bit insecure, and now you have to roast the man's shoulder hair? Come on, Kevin. That's not how you roast. That's not how you roast. And on top of all of this, the cheerleaders for the Los Angeles Lakers and Los Angeles Clippers, who are hosting the event in L.A., had to be rocking back and forth with a little dance move the entire time with their mouths locked in a smile. I think the, the audition or rehearsal for this process must have just been like a survival contest to see who could dance back and forth for 25 minutes and keep their smile without passing out. And then the ones that made it, those were the ones that performed during the All-Star Game because these women were the true star athletes of the night. They did not get tired even though Kevin Hart took about six minutes per each player with his stupid-ass jokes introducing them. And despite all of this madness, this still was not the weirdest and craziest part of the night because Fergie had to come in and put the cherry right on top. Yes, that's right. She did something that nobody ever in the history of singing, in the history of sporting events, or in the history of America has done before. She tried to make the national anthem sexy. You know, I was basically expecting her at the end to say, you know what, Uncle Sam, you've been a bad, bad boy. Because 
that was the tone she was singing with. It was like she wanted to, you know, make America aroused again or something. I just, I don't know what she was going for. It definitely shook up a lot of people in the audience and shook up a lot of people watching the game from their homes. And I know it was a big surprise. Everyone has just been laughing at Fergie, memeing about Fergie, writing different think pieces about Fergie. But guess what? She's laughing all the way to the bank because when's the last time any of you guys mentioned Fergie or had a discussion about Fergie? I would bet not for a while. You know, the last thing that Fergie's really done that put her into the spotlight was Madagascar. And that wasn't Madagascar 1, that was Madagascar 2. And that was 10 years ago. And as you may know, Madagascar, you don't actually see her face because it's a cartoon. It's an animated movie. And that's the last thing Fergie has really done of significance. I think this whole thing was just a genius plan by Fergie to get the attention back on herself by doing something innovative, doing something crazy and shocking that nobody has ever done before. And guess what, Fergie? You won. You did it. That's why this week, Fergie wins our Mask Off Award. Thanks again for joining us at the I'm Open podcast today. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite listening things. And throw us a like on Facebook. We'll see you next time. Have a great night, everybody, and don't forget to stay open.